Welcome to Change of Plans. I'm Andres Zuleta. On Change of Plans, we feature stories of resilience and reinvention, interviewing entrepreneurs and other creative individuals who have found fun and inspiring ways to adapt to sudden, unexpected challenges. My guest today is DJ Lozada, founder of Soul Popped, an innovative popcorn brand from Austin, Texas. Having started the company with just $53 in her bank account, DJ is no stranger to resilience. When the pandemic forced her to shut down retail operations, she quickly pivoted, supported by Soul Pop's amazingly loyal fans. Well, DJ, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, thank you for taking the time. I know things are really busy for you right now, and of course, we'll get into that. But just take us back to, you know, say February or even before that, um, and just to give our listeners a bit of an idea of, you know, what Soul Popped is and what you do, um, just paint the picture for us of what normal used to look like. Um, so Soul Popped is the world's first soul food inspired, all natural popcorn company. Just really focusing on foods that come from my cultural background. It's a legacy food that really stems from people taking scraps, things that other people would not eat and finding a way through creativity, tenacity, and just sheer willpower to turn it into a delicacy. We opened our first location um, in October of 2019 in Barton Creek Square Mall, which is here in Austin, Texas. And it is really the premier, it's the signature mall for our, our city. We were the first black owned business to ever be in that mall as a store owner and the mall was built in 1985. So we set up shop there, everything was going great. And, and then the pandemic hit. Okay. So, I mean, first of all, I really, you know, I'm eager to try. (laughs) I would love to try, you know, I was on your website and looking at some of these flavors and I was like, Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Um, So you had your first storefront, you know, can you recall kind of the, precise moment when you realized this might disrupt us not just a little bit but you know this might cause us to actually have to stop operations yes so it was not only that the pandemic was coming because i was paying attention to what was happening um in january through the world health organization's website i have friends that live abroad i lived i lived abroad for 10 years so i have a lot of friends that live outside of the United States. And so they were already warning me that something was coming um, in early January. And on top of that, the United States, we were really in a recession. It was a mild recession, but uh, any retailer tell you that sales were already down significantly um, right before the pandemic actually um, came to the forefront in the United States. So it was a double whammy. And then in March, March is a huge time for us here in Austin because that represents uh, the time that South by Southwest comes to town. And that usually brings in hundreds of thousands of visitors to our city and really marks the beginning of what is our retail cycle for the year. But that got canceled. And then 
that was a first. So that really got everybody's attention. And I think it was a week later, I decided that I just didn't feel safe in the in the shop with my employees because no one knew what this virus was or how it would behave. And so I actually talked to my managers at the mall, Simon Properties, who are lovely people, just wonderful people, and they completely understood. So I shut down a week prior to every to the official shutdown. So I mean, we have, you know, the benefit of hindsight and it's been a few months now and in retrospect it seems like you know shutting down your business um, even a week earlier than everyone else was you know probably wise and also not surprising now because you know we're all so used to this at this point but in the moment it must have felt really different it felt like the right thing to do like at, in that moment I was actually chastising myself internally because I felt like I should have done it a week before, mm. a week sooner than I actually had. Um, but you're right. You, you don't have the benefit of hindsight in, at that time. So we did shut down and I felt really good about my decision because at that point I wasn't thinking about money. I was thinking about the health of not only myself, but of my staff and really my customers, who I adore. Um, we didn't want to take any chances. I mean, when you made that decision, I don't want to make any assumptions, but I'm guessing you didn't necessarily predict how long this would go on. I mean, did you think it was going to be maybe a slightly more temporary measure? Because I had been paying attention to the World Health Organizations, um, they were doing morning announcements by that time. And I was already seeing what was happening to my friends in Europe. I knew because I, I knew what was happening there and they were telling me. So it was, it was really weird living here at the time and having to hear everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. This is, this is just no worse than the flu. And then juxtaposing that against what I was hearing from my friends overseas. It was, that was what made it really, um, I felt like I was in the twilight zone a little bit. So I'm, I'm curious. I mean, you shut, you know, you shut the, the storefront down. And even though that may have been a difficult decision, it felt like the really good and right decision to you for, for the reasons you mentioned. So, I mean, at that point, you know, what was your next step, you know, with regard to the business? Well, just having that information ahead of time didn't make it any easier. There was no game plan for what to do in a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so having to pivot to online retail, which was really, I'd already had a presence online, um, but I never really pushed it because we're an experienced brand. And so we like to have that interaction with our customers. We do customizable flavors in our shop. We're the first popcorn company in the nation to do 100% customizable popcorn flavors. So you come in and you, we had a wall of powders that I create similar to the powders we use on our product, um, including those. And you could come in and say, I want a, a dark chocolate mint popcorn with jalapeno. And we would make it for you. 
right on the spot. And so it made it really hard to pivot that online. And so I had to get back to the basics and just focus on our seven core flavors and really find a way to beef up my, my infrastructure online so that we could accommodate all of our customers that way. That was really difficult because popcorn doesn't weigh very much, but it takes up a lot of space. So you would not think that popcorn is as expensive to ship as it is, mm -hmm. but it's really expensive. And so it was really hard finding the balance on what to charge. You know, customers are so used to Amazon where they don't pay anything for shipping or they get expedited shipping for very low cost. That didn't translate well to a small business like Soul Popped. So I have a couple of questions. I mean, one of my questions uh, is, you know, you mentioned that you're an experienced brand. So I would love to hear a little more about that. And then the other thing that you mentioned was that you did have somewhat of an online presence before, but it sounds like it wasn't a huge part of your business. Not at all. I actually almost discouraged it. It was there for people who really wanted to have it mailed to them, but our whole game plan centered around creating locations and high-end retail spots around the country. And that was what our focus was on was growing in that direction. And now what the pandemic has done is really caused me to slow down and realize that you always need to have a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. Because now I think we all realize that the unthinkable is possible. We're here, we're living it now. And I wasn't, I could not say that I was 100% prepared for it. I wasn't. Well, I think very few people, very few people were. Um, but I'm curious also, you know, about your, your transition to online because you had a focus on, you know, interacting with people and just kind of being physically present, you know, with your customers. And all of a sudden you're forced to you know, engage with them completely virtually and you're facing these shipping challenges. So how did you kind of figure out a way forward, um, you know, for, you know, the online sales and, you know, what else, you know, have you done with Soul Popped um, since, since the pandemic started? Well, Soul Pop started our career. We started out at the farmer's market. And so we were already used, we were there for the first three years and we were already used to that face-to-face -face with our customers. We call our customers soul poppers, mm -hmm. and they are loyal brand ambassadors. Let me tell you, they're very, they're very loyal, very active in the brand. And so what I realized is, is that I had to communicate and I had to be transparent. And so I just started posting and emailing them and letting them know, you know, this is where we are. Shipping is quite expensive for popcorn. We still want and need your support if, if Soul Pop is to survive this. And we hope that you'll understand that the shipping cost is not something that we want. We wish we could absorb, but we can't. And let me tell you, my Soul Popper showed up in force. And we actually did more business online than we did in store. 
I mean, I really want to dive into that a little more because I'm just curious, how big was your local audience and how did you manage to get the word out so successfully? Well, it's hard to say. So there's a criteria for being a soap popper. <laughs> it's a thing. So it's not that you just buy the product and you like it. You buy the product, you love it, you, then you share it with other people and you introduce the brand to them and then they buy too. Once you evangelize the product, then you're a soul popper. And so that's been something that we've just kind of bred into our customer base from the beginning. And they know that and they wear it as a badge of honor. And so soul pop is sold in all 50 states almost from the time we started. But we were doing it face-to-face. People were actually coming, buying product, and then they were shipping it to their family or friends. We, Like I said, we were on Amazon for a while. And so I'd actually pulled off of Amazon earlier and had brought my customers to my online site. So we did have that presence and we did have that runway where we were already online shipping product, but not at the volume that we were going to experience post-pandemic. And so that's really where the pivot had to come for me is to set up a process. And then, oh, by the way, my partner is my 84-year-old father who can still work me under a table. Um, I couldn't just have my team show up because I had to consider my father's health. And my father wasn't going to sit at home while I was at work. He wasn't going to do it. So on top of having to figure all of that out, I had to also figure out how to do the work of three or four extra people, the production side, because we hand batch our product. Our product is not made by machines. Our product is cooked the same way I would make soul food in a kitchen. And I tell people there's a reason why you don't find soul food mass produced in any form unless it's just absolutely something that you should not be putting in your body because it's so hyperchemicalized. Soul food really is a product of something that you create. And so we were able just in, I'll give you an idea of, we went from, a, from selling about 400 bags a month online because all, all of our sales were done in store to almost 5,000 units in the same, in one month. Wow. And that was, wow. Online. So that's a lot of cooking and packaging and customer service. (laughs) It's a lot, but, but we were able to do it. And that's really the message that I would drive home. You know, entrepreneurs, we already know this for the most part, but it seems impossible until you do it. And when you love what you do and you love your customers and you don't want to let them down, that's enough for me to, to keep me going through that transition. I would love to delve a little further into the period of transition because it sounds like a success story, but you know, the transition itself from you know, shutting down your storefront to having to figure out what to do next and then you know figuring out the the kind of the best way to um, sell your product online i mean what was the most 
challenging part kind of in the middle, you know, before you kind of cracked the code, um, you know, how, how was that moment in time for you? It was extremely stressful. And so I only had one, one commercial popper in the production space left. All my other poppers were at the mall. So not only did I have to figure out how to make that transition, but I had to figure out how to work with what I had to still produce that amount of product. And so as crazy as it sounds, we were able to make all of that popcorn with one machine where we're used to having five machines. And my staff was all on one side of Austin where the mall is located. Now I'm on the other side of Austin and I have to worry about how safe is it to bring everybody into one space. So I made the decision that I couldn't do that. I actually continued to pay my team because that was my decision. And I wanted to make sure that they still have what they needed. And we had luckily, like I said, we had a really good retail season. And so I had some money banked and I was able to pay them still basically to stay at home and stay safe and pivot online and get all the products sold so that we could keep going. And then we applied for the PPP loan and like, and I'm not exaggerating this number, 90% of all African-American owned businesses in the country did not get PPP. And I was one of the businesses, I applied four times and I got turned down four times. It was devastating. It was, I was enraged mm -hmm. that my country was, my government was, you know, turning a blind eye to my needs as a small business. And it's because I'd never had a loan. I'd never had a commercial loan. And so it was really, really difficult. Even with the bank that I've been with for four years, I still couldn't get a PPP loan. And so I posted about it and Soul Pop Nation showed up again and they were like, we'll be your PPP. Oh. And boy, did they. You know, one of the things that I really love about your story is you know your your vulnerability with your with your audience what do you think has put you personally in in the position where it seems natural to you to really connect with your your audience in that way you know i think it's important to be authentic and to understand that people have all kinds of decisions they can make about how they choose to spend their money and what products they want to support. And I think that it's really about the authenticity and about how you make your customers feel when they interact with your product. And I really feel that a lot of that comes from the humanness that a, com a company is able to portray or relate to their customers. And so I've always been about letting people see my underbelly, if you will, where, where I'm most vulnerable, and then let them decide how they want to help or support. And my non-negotiable for my company has always been 
making money matters, but people always matter more. So we want to be a brand who makes sure that that is at the forefront of everything we do, all the way down to the ingredients that we use in our product. We don't cut corners. We use all natural, real food ingredients. We don't use imitation vanilla. We use real vanilla. We don't use a, a hybrid cheap popcorn oil. We use coconut oil. If I won't feed it to my children, I won't feed it to my customers. And they know that because we've had time to form a relationship. And so Austin has really been the place where Soul Pop has incubated and grown those relationships. And then through word of mouth, they've, they've transferred those relationships to their loved ones because they trust our brand. They trust me. So what we're doing now, Andres, is we're transitioning not just to being an online platform, but because we're so service driven, I've decided to take the company into fundraising. So we're pivoting to become a fundraising popcorn company where other people who are going to need help figuring out how to stay afloat themselves, what better way to give back than to allow the brand to be used to help other people raise money. Can you talk a little more about that project? Sure, it's called Popcorn with Purpose, and our purpose is continuing to show love through popcorn, and it's an expression of love is our popcorn, and so schools, civic groups, universities, churches, any anyone who's in the business of serving and helping others, they can use, they can go to our platform, sign up for a fundraising campaign, have just send out a link to your person. It's a personalized link. Hey, we're raising money to, you know, buy hand sanitizers and masks for our students. If that's the case, then the people that you know can click that link, purchase popcorn, and 50% of the proceeds will come back to you through the fundraiser. And that feels really authentic to me because that still allows me to share the love of of popcorn through popcorn but also to to make sure that we're making a positive impact on the community i love it that's great um i mean it sounds like you just kind of keep innovating and keep coming up with ideas and and kind of just keep surviving and i'm wondering if you have any advice for you know other entrepreneurs who are feeling a bit more stuck and just struggling through this really challenging time well, I started Soul Popped in 2016 at one of the lowest points of my life. I had gone through an eight-year illness and they couldn't diagnose what was wrong. And I drained pretty much my savings, my 401k, everything to get medical treatment. And I had $53 in my bank account when I started Soul Popped. And that really taught me or reminded me that you have to use what you have to get what you need. You can sit around wishing you had more, wishing there was no pandemic, wishing you got the PPP when you didn't, but at the end of the day, what do you have already that you can use to put yourself in a position where you can do even better? And I think that's really 
what I try to focus on the most is that I really believe that everything I need, I already have. And it's just up to me to be creative enough and in tune enough to recognize those assets and deploy them accordingly. Well, for all of our listeners in the Austin area, because we do have um, a nice Texas contingent, but also across the country and in other parts of the world, what is the best way for listeners to support you in Soul Pops? Oh, absolutely. Online, always. Um, social media, I love getting notes and just people send me encouraging words sometimes. And when I, especially when I need them the most, they seem to just pop up. So you can always interact with me online. Um, I prefer Instagram. And then we have a website. You can reach us there. And I know that you're going to provide that link for everybody. And we do. We sell online. We ship. We ship really worldwide. And so don't be afraid to um, order some Soul Popped. It will change your life. I promise. It's, it's really a, a great experience. And when you do, think about the food, not the popcorn. So we can tell people, if you like chicken and waffles, then you'll like our chicken and waffles popcorn. If you like oven-baked macaroni and cheese, then that's what you want to order. So think about the food, not the popcorn. And we're always here and we love to share our product and we just pray for the world right now and that everyone and their families remain safe. We'll get through this. Well, thank you so much. I know you're, you and your father are extremely busy right now, and which is wonderful. Congratulations. Um, and thank you so much for taking the time to uh, join us today. Thank you for this opportunity, Andres, and thank you for providing this platform. It's, it's, it's wonderful, and I'm happy that you allowed me to be a part of it today. Of course. Thank you so much for taking the time. Check the show notes to learn more about DJ and the inspiring work she's doing at Soul Popped. Over the last few months here at Change of Plans, we've had the chance to interview so many inspiring entrepreneurs and creative individuals from around the world. And today's episode marks the conclusion of our project. To learn more and hear other unique stories from our amazing guests, visit us at changeofplanspodcast.com or on Instagram at changeofplanspodcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey.